Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of Puck Off here on BNG Productions. Uh, brought to you as always by FanDuel.com. Be sure that you go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to, cre- to, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I'm too excited for the show. Oh to- my God. Dude, you've done this ad read for months. Like, <laughs> I'm too excited for the show. All right. So as you guys just heard, Andrew. From the Short Shift Podcast, my co-host, I am your host, Chris Nozick, from What's Brewing here on the BNG Network. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash Boston to claim, that's the word, your welcome bonus. Andrew, how are you? Welcome to the new show. Not new show for me, uh, but you're new to the show. How are you? This This is not a new show. This is a reboot. We are rebooting within the within the uh, Chris Noshek universe, the Chris Noshek multiverse. Yes. <laughs> We're rebooting the story. Uh, show, I'm doing great. This um, show, I'm actually... Oh, sorry. You're, you said you were on site somewhere. Yeah, I'm actually in um, Laconia, New Hampshire uh, for the weekend. I am attending Bike Week. <laughs> so you can imagine uh, some of the parties that I've, uh, some of the parties and some of the sites that I've seen this week. And I've also kind of been uh, drinking a lot this week. So I'm limbered up and ready to debate some things. All righty. <laughs> always, always good to have an adult beverage on any of our shows. Hell yeah. I've been deleting noons all weekend. It's been fun. They're always much needed. So, uh, but as I was saying, this show kind of like a baby for me. I started it on another network, but brought it over here, rebooting it for the new hockey season. Uh, now's a great time to start the transition for it, though, because new season is just about two weeks away. We've got a draft coming up. I know. I saw that. I can't believe July 1st is we're, we're 18 days. In we're two. in the buyout period right now, man. So like, honestly, the off season's now. The off season is now. You mentioned the buyout period. Huge name already bought out too. Oliver Ekman Larson. Mm-hmm. We are going to put a pin on that right now. <laughs> yeah, we got we got some words for that one. You know, there's too much there. First and foremost, let's rewind a little bit. I know you've given your sh- your thoughts on short shift before. I've given a little bit of my thoughts on the uh, on what's brewing. But Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights, Bruce Cassidy has hoisted it. Former Bruins coach, obviously main Bruins network here. So just recap, where do you stand on him hoisting the cup? Where do you stand on the Bruins having let him go? I know where it is, but let's just put it on the record one more time. Good for Bruce. Right decision for Bru- for the Boston Bruins. Like there's not there there isn't there isn't much else. Like he needed to go. He needed to go. There was a lot a lot of things behind closed doors that he that needed he needed to go because he made an untenable situation where he was now and the voice got stale and players assistant organization top down if he had if he had stayed the Bruins would not have I don't know if they wouldn't have made the playoffs but they wouldn't have done what they did this year I know you could say oh what's the difference between regular season and postseason oh there was a there's a huge difference there would be a huge difference in how this team is constructed and how this team would probably be heading into this offseason and so when, when you set a record for the most wins of all time yeah in a single season 
that is a strong statement. Now, I, I will say, I think the wording that he needed to go, emphasis on need, is probably a little, just a hair strong. I don't think it would have been a total shotgun blast at a face if he coached this team. Obviously, it wouldn't have gone as well as it did with, Mon- with Monty. Mm-hmm. Obviously. 65 wins, record-setting season. That does not happen under Bruce Cassidy for the Boston Bruins. Do they make the playoffs? Maybe. Uh, is it glamorous and glorious and fun and all kumbaya? Are the people singing in the locker rooms? No, for sure not. Is he fired partway through the season? Maybe. Very well, maybe. But but yeah, we, we, we'll be we would be we would be talking about about for instances there. You know, we would be. You know, it's like would this be like a Claude Julian season where you know he was a sitting duck coach and he coached 60 games into the 20 uh 2016 2017 season and everyone knew he was gone like everyone knew he was gone but it was like that one incident where he where he said this team isn't talented enough to win or this team's not talented enough to win on talent i think that was his quote and he got fired the next week he ain't her this isn't an instance where you can tell him that this team isn't talented enough exactly (laughs) exactly so I mean, I mean, I know we're not going to focus on the Bruins on this show, so I don't, I, I kind of don't want to, but um, I think the, Bru- the the Bruins, he, he, he couldn't stay. Maybe it's not he had to go, but he couldn't stay. Right. So, but good for him. He got his name on the cup. He was the answer for Vegas. He was the answer for Vegas, yes. And even Mark Stone said it. He said, we needed somebody with intensity to straighten us out a little bit. You know, they, Bergeron said it. Yeah, Patrice Bergeron said, oh, shit, they're going to win the cup. It's like, you know. If you go get Bruce Cassidy, you're going to go win the cup. And, mm-hmm. and Mark Stone went, okay, let's let's get that guy in here. They got the guy mm-hmm. in there, and what the fuck happened? They won mm-hmm. the damn cup. Yeah. Bruce got his name on the damn cup. Good for him. Be happy for him. Yeah. it's. I have a little bit of trouble with it, considering the acrimony, the acrimony that was surrounding it. But I'm, ha- like, I'm happy for him. I respect him as a coach. He can now be he now has that cachet to be like that Mike Keenan type now. That's always someone that he that he's that he modeled himself after was that Mike Keenan hard tactician, you know, iron fist. Everyone on the team is conscripted into their roles and fuck you if you stand in the way. You know, just good for them. Good good for them. And watching watching William Carlson. Did you catch William Carlson's celebration on the strip this afternoon? I haven't had a chance. To that, that man has not been sober in over a week. <laughs> I'm surprised if any of it. You know he's taking advantage of those free lap dances. Oh, yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, but good for Vegas. They were the better team. They were the better team. And, you know, they were Florida. The in, into LTIR, so they should have been the better team. Yep. And Florida just, you know, when your best player has a broken sternum, you are living on borrowed time. So. Yeah, um, every, everybody started the playoffs at that point. You know yeah, it. Right. I don't think we knew it was that bad, but like, you know, the laundry list is going to come out. And, you know, so I mentioned it, the LTIR. Do you have a problem with how teams, because think of it, the the Lightning have now done it. Uh, Colorado's done it. They were a little over. Now Vegas has gone over. They were at a $96 plus million cap hit on an $82 million salary cap because of LTIR. I don't have a problem with it. Like everybody, 
operates under the same parameters. And that's that just it just is what it is at this point. Uh, the last three cup winning teams have used that LTIR, which is a a mechanic that is free to use. You are free to use it as you wish. Yeah. I mean, at first with Tampa, it was like it was fu- it was fun to be like, oh, Tampa, you know, the meme, the ninety eight dollar ninety eight million dollar team. It was a meme. But now it's like, you know, if you close the loophole, then close. the If you want to close the loophole, close the loophole. But obviously, obviously, the NHL has no intention on doing that. And besides, the server cap should be much higher than it is now because the owners are the owners are making money money hand over fist. They should invest some of that back into the salary cap. So this sort of makes up for it for me. In, in fairness, the LTIR money does get paid out by the league. Yes, so, correct. So like a team like Arizona that loads up on LTIR money so they can get to the cap floor, they then get it all paid out by the league. So they're there. you know what, and yeah. that's a that's it again. That's a good point. That's a loophole that is created by the league. If you want to be the Arizona Coyotes and run your organization like a Ponzi scheme. Go for it. Well, because that's a rule that's there. If you don't like what other teams are doing, then do it better than them. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's kind of like, yeah. If you don't like a team running up the score, stop them. Exactly. It's the same thing. If you don't like the final score of that final game being nine to whatever, nine to three, then maybe Florida should have, I don't know, stopped the puck from going in their own net. Yeah. Maybe they shouldn't mm-hmm. have pulled Bobrovsky when it was seven to something. Mm hmm. But you, we, we, were we still have a chance, guys. Yeah, we still have a chance. Pull him with five minutes left. Patrick Waugh, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, Paul Maurice, you are no Patrick Waugh. No, uh, but we were talking about the Hello? Coyotes. So I, I know you guys addressed it a little bit on Short Shift, but the Arizona Coyotes mm-hmm. Mammoth Stadium project shot mm-hmm. down by the city of, of Arizona, the cities in Arizona and the vote and, and all that stuff. Uh, one, are you surprised by that? And what do you think the fallout from that is going to be? And what do you think it should be? What it is going to be is that Gary Bettman's going to find another location inside the state of Arizona. He's in too deep. He's in too deep. This is his manifest destiny. You talked about Puckoff being your baby. Hockey in Arizona is Gary Bettman's baby through and through. What it should be is Arizona should be packing up and moving to whatever western canadian outpost you want to you want to give it do what the blues were going to do in the 80s move to saskatoon <laughs> like do something because like everyone says quebec they're not going to quebec quebec can't quebec can't support a team they have the fan base but they can't financially viably do it no but I know right right now Canada is just not the place. The dollar in Canada is not strong enough. It's not going to bring them enough revenue to be warranted. And it's uh, volatile. It's not even that strong enough. It's volatile. It goes up and down so so unbelievably lo- a lot much. But I that... will say this: if if there's one thing that Kevin has been able to prove, one he can expand this league. He's done it mm-hmm. time and time and time again. So I, I'm not saying that it, I like the Arizona Coyotes as a franchise in the sense that 
there should be a team out there. And I think if you look at some of the the youth hockey programs that they have out there, it proves that hockey in Arizona is important. And a guy like Austin Matthews proves that having hockey available in those areas is crucial to growing the game. Think about how many more people are now looking at Austin Matthews and going, hey, I can do it too. And so only takes one. (laughs) All it takes is one. Mm -hmm. But I I mean, first and foremost, I want to call out the ownership because how dumb are you? You didn't need this vote. This is their sixth owner in 25 years, by the way. I want to point that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's part of the problem. You've had shitty ownership, mm-hmm. and and you've had the league own the team, which is bad because the mm-hmm. league shouldn't have that much interest in in one organization. Uh, mm-hmm. Run it better. Um, they were doing all right when um, John Chaco was there, as far mm-hmm. as getting draft picks, as far as development getting on the right track of things. It's, it's because Jacob was cheating the system. I was going to say, aside from, you know, <laughs> incorrect workout timeframes on the workout bikes, but, you know, that's a bump in the road. You know, he thought he could pull a fast one, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it proves that it works. Mm-hmm. So if, if they have, first of all, why even put this to the vote? They didn't need the vote. They could have just gone ahead with the project. The vote was dominated by the elderly people who didn't want it there. <laughs> it was like 60- every vote lost by at least 12 points. Right. But it was, but the, the youth vote was minimal compared to the elderly vote. Mm-hmm. And the fan, like it just, it was marketed horrendously from ownership. Like they thought this thing was in the, in their back pocket and they just dropped the ball on it completely. That's why they only spent $250,000 on advertising for it, whereas the opposition spent $2.5 million. Right. Ten times as much. And it worked. It worked. Because mm-hmm. what's everyone's biggest issue when, when a team is trying to build a new stadium? Oh, the team should pay for it. Yeah. Taxpayers shouldn't pay for it. The only thing taxpayers were paying for were the things that taxpayers were going to benefit from. The roads, the new roads, the new electrical wiring system like all the electrical parts that were going to be on public property the the you know the street lights the the sidewalks like the the infrastructure parts that public use was going to benefit from that was the only part the coyotes were going to pay for the cleanup on the land development which is currently a and i'm not making this up you can research this a toxic landfill. Yeah. The Coyotes were paying for that cleanup, and the and Tempe still said, "Get out." They didn't say get out. They just they said, don't want no. you. They don't want you, Gary, <laughs> <laughs> buddy, uh, sweetheart, darling, light of my life. <laughs> they don't want you. I think right now it's time for at least this iteration of the Coyotes. And when I say that, I say look towards the Winnipeg Jets. They are a prime example. You moved them to Atlanta for a little while. And what happened with the people of Winnipeg? They bitch, pissed, and moaned. They wanted their team back. You showed them what they were missing out on. They took the team for granted. 
move this iteration of the Coyotes, bring them somewhere else. There's an ambitious owner down in Salt Lake City. It's not that much further. Mm -hmm. And he wants a hockey team. He owns a basketball team that has a rink, that has a stadium that can take a rink already. Like, could you put a bid in for other markets? Houston or um, San Diego, I've heard. Houston has built-in rivalries with the Dallas Dallas uh, Stars, for example. Yep, built-in rivalry with the Stars. Um, you know, throw it out there. See, I don't want to say treat it like an expansion because it's not. But at the same time, you can have the cities kind of bid for it, if you will, make their pitch. And get the Coyotes out of there. Make Phoenix sit there and go, oh, shit, we actually had a good thing here. And we just didn't realize it. And then as you expand, they're not your first part spot because, you know, the other cities that are options now are still going to be there. You're only taking one of them. And you go back later. It sounds like you're also taking into account the fact that when Phoenix moved from Winnipeg to Phoenix, five of their first six years, they made the playoffs. Yeah. And attendance was good. It was when they moved to Glendale, that was the problem. Yeah. They moved to a place that was inaccessible by public transit, which, by the way, excellent job. Excellent infrastructure job. Great job, everyone. Right. It's just this organization, This uh, they can work. They can work. But it's been 20 years. Take the bottle and the baby for a little bit. Can 20 years of bad faith be wiped out? That's the question. You need to have an ownership group that's willing to step up and actually spend some fucking money. They need mm-hmm. to have a longer term like option in place, like a long term play for it. And and that's where like, you know, uh, what's the what's his name? The guy who's now buying Ottawa. And, and and Dewey and Drewy or something like that. Nine hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he but he had already ten percent stake in Montreal. Mm-hmm. If you were the reason why he wanted he wanted an NA, he's wanted an NHL team for decades, and the reason why he wants and he's getting this one is because he has a long term vision for it. That's mm-hmm. the kind of guy that needs to run a team like Arizona. Actually, you know what Arizona needs? They need their own. Uh, they need their own fraudulent owner from a fan standpoint. <laughs> uh, somebody get John Spanos. Yes, let's get John Spanos to buy them. <laughs> what's he doing? Uh, you know he'll bring back the retro. Uh, what's it called, logo? The the retro one that they use. The fish sticks. The the one that's like all um, uh, like square. That like it's built the pixelated. Uh, I don't know which one you're talking about, man. <laughs> oh, I'll I'll have to find it for you. Um, but he'll he'll bring back like the most popular logo they've ever had, the popular shirts and whatnot. Um, they used it, I think, for the reverse retro. Was it the fish sticks for the Islanders? Oh no, that was the fisherman for the Islanders. Uh-huh. But I'm talking about the one for the Coyotes. Oh, the 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 Peyote Knights. The Peyote Knights jersey with the Kachina. The one with that, it, it was like the desert, the desert night on the bottom with all the cacti. Yes, yes. 
Yes, the Katina one. That's the word I was mm-hmm. looking for. Yep, yep. You'll make it their primary. Oh, I mean, think about it. They just lost their legendary Shane Doan to go to Toronto, so Toronto could try to woo Austin Matthews to stay there. Oh, fucking Toronto, man. Like, Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> talk about being in desperation mode after Dubis left. <laughs> Brad Treveling? That's the best you could do? The guy yeah. who presided over one of the most underachieving cores in the NHL for the last decade? I, I think he's the only one who was willing to take it. I... Because you're not, based on everything that we know, uh, Kyle Dubas had general manager in title only. Mm-hmm. Brad, Brandon Shanahan is their GM. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. He's their GM. And at the end of the day, you're just an assistant GM with a GM title. Mm-hmm. And you have right. an assistant who can just call people for you and then hand you the phone. Which is why you have Kyle Dubas going to Pittsburgh and hiring an assistant GM before a GM is in place. Right. Jason Spezza, come on down. Right. I have a feeling what they're going to do is they're going to end up making Spezza the general manager in a couple months. Mm-hmm. And it will be a like a hybrid role where right. Dubis is basically doing a lot of the hockey decisions with Spezza more as an assistant. Mm-hmm. You know, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. And then and because people like Jason Spezza come in as a uh, special assistant to the general manager, mm-hmm. i.e. Patrick Sharp. <laughs> Man, Philly's really boys clubbing a lot, aren't they? Patrick Sharp. Keith Jones, like, are you, are you, is, uh, is Paul Bizanet going to be, uh, like, what's, what's Paul Bizanet doing? Are we going to hire, like, just the entire TNT crew to run the Flyers? He's, he's too busy with spitting chiclets. He, he ain't going back and doing the, the spitting chiclets. He's, he's doing that. He's doing the TNT show and all that stuff. He ain't going back. Mm-hmm. He's got a nice cushy gig. I, I just, I think True Living is the only one they could get to take the job. Well, this actually raises an interesting question about about NHL hiring practices. I, I, I said this on Short Shift. NHL hiring practices, whether they be coaches or general managers, is an Ouroboros swallowing its own tail. Absolutely. Recycling a lot of old names, especially it's, coaching. Get, get somebody like Matt Fuda. A guy who's been an assistant GM in this league for 15 damn years. <laughs> why Why not go for a first-timer? If somebody, if, if, if you think Treble is the only one to take a job, hey, all of these experienced guys aren't taking our job and because, they pro- because probably they know that Brad Brandon Shanahan is the guy is the be-all, end-all. Why don't we take a risk on a Fuda? Why don't we take a risk on a, you know, shout-out to the Bruins, Evan Gold? Why not him? Why? Go after don't let Gold leave the Bruins. <laughs> I don't want to have a Gold leave the Bruins. He's he's fantastic, and that man will be a GM in the NHL within the next two years. Mark my words. He'll be but, the next two years, or he will uh, be the next guy after Don Sweeney. One of the two. One of the two. Yes, exactly. So could be both. Could be both. We don't know. We don't know. The sh- shit's weird in hockey. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, my God, okay. man. Like, I, I also don't like, have to have somebody who was a GM. Like, what, you what, can 
here's the thing with Treliving, though, because he, I, I, if I'm Toronto, he's also the guy that I want because he's the guy who just got Huberdo and Wegar for Kachuk. Now, obviously, that looks different now post playoff run for Kachuk. I said they won the trade last summer. Everybody looked at it and went, holy shit, they won the trade. Except Ian. Ian told Ian called it. Ian called it. Low quality Bruins fans fucking said they didn't win the trade when the trade happened. And he was on an island on uh, by himself. Not anymore. It's been one year. Yeah. We have seven more years for the contract for Huberto and Wegar. Mm-hmm. We have seven more years for the Kachuk contract. So we won't truly know the winner of the trade for another six or seven years, which is fine. That's okay. Time proves it all. One of the things that Trilling was able to do in that trade, though, was he basically he traded a dollar and was able to at least get 90 cents back. You're never going to get the full dollar for dollar offer, but he was able to at least get 90 cents back so far. And if you look at it from Toronto's perspective, I do think Brendan Shanahan wants to keep the core four together. And I don't care what Toronto and what the people up there say. They're going to always be known as the core four as long as they're all together. Mm-hmm. And he knows that someone has to get dealt. And at least Brad Living can look at it and go, if he can get us 90 cents on the dollar on one of these guys, that's a good return. We People looked at that and went, okay, solid deal. So you think that they got traveling because they want to deal one of the core, because on the off chance that they want to deal with the core four, not necessarily that they're going to. I think that they view Treliving as a guy who can negotiate a better return for one of them. If you're Shannon, which one do you deal? Say that you wake up tomorrow morning and you're like, that's it. I'm sick of this first and second round stuff. I got to get rid of one of them. You go to Trevling and you say, deal who? I would probably go Marner. $10.9 million? $10.9 million. He's That's a third team trade. He also has the full no movement clause. He's got two years left. But of the three, of the four of them, first of all, Nylander is due now. So you can start negotiating with him right now and try and bring him in somewhere around eight and a half. And mm-hmm. you can do eight and a half for another eight years. That's going to bring him till he's 35. He can play both wings. He has flexibility. He is worth a little bit more money because of that. And he plays better with Matthews, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Tavares, 11 mil, the full no movement. I think what we've seen from him is evidence that he won't waive that. So I don't think he's willing to work with you. Unless you are sending him to a Vegas, Colorado, somewhere like that, where he is able to win in the next two seasons. With almost- Colorado's, got, Colorado's got some space right now. Right. Mm-hmm. But even then, he's going to end up playing second fiddle to Landeskog and to um, Nathan McKinnon. Like it, 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 He's not going to be the number one guy there. I think he wants to stay in Toronto. I don't think he'll move him. Mm-hmm. Austin Matthews, on the other hand, I wouldn't be against him. Like he's right there. When I go with Marner, when I say Marner, I think Matthews is the one that you would get the biggest whiplash from your fan base for. But at the same time, we have the same conversation with a guy like Connor McDavid. 
can you win with a guy that's sole focus is that much money on your cap? He takes up 13.9% of their cap. Matthews takes up 13.9, Tavares 13.2, and Marner 13.1. They are 40%. That's about 40%. Mm-hmm. They are about 40% of the cap for that. Half team. of your cap is in five players if you want to count Morgan Riley. But here's the other catch to it, too. Matthews needs a new contract now. Mm-hmm. And he's looking for he's going to be looking for a raise north of eleven because what he's making right now. Right, he's going to look to be at thirteen and a half if he goes on a short term deal. Wait for the the salary cap to balloon up, then he'll want over fifteen, mm-hmm. or he's going to try to get locked in around fifteen now. Do you think that contract is movable? Do you think those out of those four, the most movable contract is obviously going to be uh, Nylander. I almost said Michael Nylander. Jesus Christ. The most movable contract is going to be William Nylander. The only one sub 10, let alone yeah. sub 7. The, other one, the one that's most movable. I think Matthews oh, no, is... Push back on that. I think uh, that Austin Matthews teams will move heaven and earth to bring in for a season. Mm-hmm. No, well, that was that was I was getting to that. Like the most movable contract is Nylander. You could move Matthews because there isn't much term left. Right. You could move a Mitch Marner because you know is Marner is Marner cut out for that big stage in Toronto? The only one that is immovable, and I mean immovable, is Tavares. Yes, that mm-hmm. is their albatross contract. They should fully regret doing that. But you had to do. It. I would like an albatross contract that still gave me eighty points, but it's still an albatross regardless. But uh, okay, so you know we we've had the conversation on other shows before, um, as far as moving this year's big hockey trade, the big Matthews Matt Kachuk trade for, um, for those other two guys there. So mm-hmm. the, the question then becomes, obviously. Maybe one of those three guys, Matthews, Marner, or Nylander, but where else around the league do you see a big name like that who could be, who legitimately could be on the move? Carlson. Eric Carlson, his name has been out there. Mm-hmm. You put guys like Connor Hellebuck, uh, John Gibson, those guys up there as well, because there's going to be a lot of goaltender moves. There's going to be a lot of goaltenders, but I don't know if I would pick that pick them as big names because goalies are voodoo. We all know that. They are something. <laughs> <laughs> we we do yeah, there's something. We don't know what they are. That's the problem. <laughs> oh my god. Then you get a guy like Sergei Bobrovsky, <laughs> who has been trash for half a decade and then all of a sudden out of nowhere. Although I will say I maintained from day one when it was Pittsburgh, Florida, and New York all fighting for it. I didn't want Florida to win it. Mm-hmm. I did not want Florida to get there. That that proved you right. That proved you right. For I, sure. I, I did not want to see that. And, and and a lot of it was because of Kachuk, the way he had been playing. He was playing MVP level, um, which we got to get back to some MVP talk in a little while because mm-hmm. NHL awards are coming up in just a couple days. Jesus. <laughs> Season so, never stops, baby. So before we get too far into, you know, PlayStation 5, Xbox, you know, wannabe trade systems here. Are you shouting to Mark on that one? A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the awards. 
let's talk mm-hmm. about those for a little bit. I, I don't think we're going to have too much disagreeance in, in a lot of it, but you've got, you know, the Hart Memorial, basically the MVP. You got McDavid, Pasternak, and Kachuk up for that one. Uh, where do you see that one landing? That's going to be McDavid. Why do we like, even have two awards? Why don't we have two awards yet for this? Yeah, the there's the Connor McDavid Award, and then there's the and then there's the Hart Award. If there was a league above the NHL, like the NH, like the like the SA, like the SPHL, the Spate. Wait, no, that actually does exist. That's the Southern Professional, the SPAHL, the Space American Hockey League. Put McDavid there. <laughs> I will say this though. I know that a lot of the votes occurred before the playoffs, like all the votes occurred before the playoffs, but I do think Kachuk was catching people's eyes. Sure. Well, I, I, I think, I think his last, the last two weeks of that season of the season where it was mostly Kachuk, but it was partly Alex Lyon too. We, yeah. we forget about that. It's partly Alex Lyon. Goalies are voodoo. Um, Alex Lyon got him there, and then Alex Lyon played his heart out and just couldn't, couldn't. And Bobrovsky said, hold my beer. Yeah, then Bobrovsky said, all right, time to earn my paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he turned into a pumpkin before our eyes. I, I'm, What's Russian for pumpkin? I don't want to know. <laughs> I One of two things is going to happen with this. It's going to be damn near close to unanimous all McDavid. Sure. Or you're going to see some cluster fuckery going on where there are enough first place votes that are spread out that Kachuk or Pasternak could steal it from McDavid just because some people vote with the, I don't want it to be that person again. Voter fatigue. By the way, if you, if you, if you're a victim of voter fatigue, you don't get the vote next year. Don't vote. Vote yourself out. Yeah, right. This award goes to McDavid, period, end of story. Because without yeah, done. him, don't go to the playoffs, period. Right. I would love to see, I would love to see some of the, I would love to see some of the others, the voting, the voting numbers on some of the others. Yes. The not top three. Yeah, the not top three. Exactly. Uh, below that, you have the Vesna finalists, Hellebuck, Sorokin, and Allmark. That's Allmark. It should be. Um, it, I know it will be push for Sorokin from some national writers. Um, it was a push for Soros, but tough yeah, luck. But Nashville didn't make the playoffs. Right. The the Islanders were were there. Um, mm-hmm. He was the reason why a lot of people were picking them for an upset too. Mm-hmm. And then Connor Hellebuck was the reason why that uh, Winnipeg was even in a playoff spot for as long as they were. Mm-hmm. Um, He's won it before. Do, do you see any possibility? Because I do that it's not all Mark. I don't think it's unanimous. Like I don't. I'm not. I'm not as much of a homer as to think it's going to be completely unanimous. I think so, Sorokin gets some first place votes. I think Hellebuck gets some first place votes. So, like with but the I, heart, I think it's going to finish McDavid, Kachuk, Pasternak. Mm-hmm. I see. I see McDavid, Pasternak, Kachuk. Uh, I think Kachuk got enough attention to squeak into the finals. You think so? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if he hits second. I think people I, like Pasternak and go. The Bruins were a dominant train 
with or without him this year. So 61 goals is 61 goals. I know. I know. I just, I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way. Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like it will be Kachuk because of the national effort being made by like TNT and ESPN crews and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But Mm -hmm. um, I think with the Vesna, I do think Allmark takes it. Deservedly so. Right. Um, but I Up think his trade value. <laughs> I think Broken is gonna come in at a close second. I don't think it's close, but I don't think it's a blowout. It's that that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um Carlson, McDavid, and Poshanok for the Ted Lindsay, which is that's McDavid. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> now here here's what I would say. If you want to give that one to Carlson and actually properly award the Norris trophy, I'm okay with that. Sure. It won't happen, but sure. It's going to McDavid. Yeah. McDavid, for sure. I think it actually goes McDavid, Pasternak, Carlson. I see that. Yeah. Um, and then the Norris conversation, obviously, Carlson, McCarr, and Fox. Uh, I don't even know why McCarr is even nominated. He missed like 20-some-odd games this year, did yeah. he not? Yeah. Just definitely, it has to go to Fox. If it's a defenseman's award... It has to go to Adam Fox. Oh, you sweet summer child. How many points did Carlson have this year? I That's know what people are going to look at. But it, I, you're a defenseman. All right? Shout out Steve Dangle. If you're a defenseman, defend first. <laughs> and fine, sure. Eric Carlson was on a team that lost 59 games this year. What was his Why point? is he even nominated? That's my point. He didn't play defense at all. But it doesn't matter because he is like he had almost 100 points. I and okay, hold on. To be fair, I agree with you 100%. This is more a. <laughs> this is what are we even arguing about? <laughs> no, but I agree with you 100%. This is not about you. This is not about you, Chris. <laughs> this is about the voters and what they do and what they value. Oh, I know. How many and... points does Carlson have this year? 101. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Norris Trophy. But here's... Okay, so here's the thing. Enjoy your ill-gotten gains. Right. But here, okay, so <laughs> Eric Carlson... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read off some stats here for you. Eric, 82 games played, 25 goals, 76 points, 76 assists, minus 26, 36 penalty minutes. Okay? I'm going to read this player off. And I want to see if you know who Hold on, is. hold on, hold on. Did you just say this man had 101 points and he was a minus 26? Yes. Okay. I don't like plus minus. I don't like plus minus as an individual metric unless it's an extreme case. That's an extreme case. I don't I hate the plus minus on a finite scale as far as a a, a, a small scale. They played right. three games. He was a plus 17. Okay, that doesn't mean shit. It was... Three All games. that means was that he was on the ice as his team was swallowing the other one whole. Right. Now, <laughs> exactly. Now, time on ice, 25-37. All right? So that was Carlson. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read off this other player, and I'm going to see if you can guess who it is. Mm-hmm. Also played in all 82 games, mm-hmm. 22 goals, mm-hmm. 52 assists, so 74 points. All right? 21-46 average ice time. Plus 23. Of the two, who did their job better? 
Carlson or player B? Player B? Yes. Now. That was. Was player B on a team that missed the playoffs? No. Okay, then it wasn't who I thought it was. Who did you think it was? I thought it was Yossi. No. Player B was Dougie Hamilton. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) But that's my point. Yeah. Hamilton played defense better than Eric Carlson. He was in the box. <laughs> that's, not, that's not damning by faint praise. But plus 23 versus a minus 26. They both played all the 82 games. Mm-hmm. You're a defenseman. Stop the other team first. Yes, it's all well and cool that you can score, but if you can't mm-hmm. stop the other team, you end up the San Jose Sharks. Chris, you're 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 arguing with the choir. I agree with you. This should go to Adam Fox, goddammit. <laughs> this is your this is your this is your your uh your clarion call to all of the voters. It, which, you know, the vote has already happened, so you're kind of punching I, the air right I, now. I'm pissed if Adam Fox doesn't win this because Eric Carlson shouldn't touch anything near a defenseman's award. Now, if you tell me that you give him the Bobby Orr. Yes. If you think there should be two defensive awards, one for an offensive defenseman and one for a defensive defenseman, then no, Eric Carlson should absolutely win the offensive defenseman one. But mm-hmm. that's not the world we live in. <laughs> we live in a world where Eric Carlson shouldn't even sniff the the, the Norris Trophy right now. He shouldn't he even sniff that. the Norris Trophy. And yet, that's going to be right up in his nose. Ugh, shove it. Uh, anyway, the Calder. <laughs> Baneers, Power, and Skinner. Baneers, I love his game. I think he wins it. I think it's really close with Skinner. I think so, too. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Skinner won it because he was an all-star. Like, first first attempt at all-star, mm-hmm. where Baneers was more of a substitute. Mm-hmm. But Baneers plays more often than the goaltender. I mm-hmm. just, I wonder, I wonder if there's enough split between the Baneers and Skinner vote that power as a number two overtakes them. I uh, see it. I don't know if power got a lot of pub over the season, to be fair. I don't know. That might help him, though. He was good, but. Was way better than people thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. But partly part of why they weren't as good was because the defense kind of failed them. They need a new coach. Yeah, I I think Baneers takes it though. Yeah, Baneers takes it, but I think it's I think it's between him and Skinner, and I think I think it ends up being less than fifteen points between the two at the end of the day. I can see that. So now the Patrice Bergeron Award, um, who's not going to win it behind Patrice Bergeron, Nico Heeshire or Mitch Barner? So I'm going to quote the one of the best, one of the best trash talks by Larry Bird in his career. When he walked into the three point contest in the all-star game, all-star festivities was in, I believe it was 1984. He walked into the locker room, set down his ball, looked up at, at the assorted crowd and said, who's coming in second tonight? Yeah, pretty much. And that is Mitch Marner. <laughs> he will be coming in second. <laughs> he's on this list as a finalist. Tells me I think he's in second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
at, and at, he's on this list by merit. He definitely improved his defensive game a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. I... Nico Heeshire, Mitch Marner, that's a walk in the park for Bergeron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Bergeron had his most efficient season this year of his career. Yeah, it ain't even close. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the Lady Bing for a player judged to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct? Can we get rid of this award? Anze Kopitar and Braden Point. Can we get rid of this award? I don't like this award. Why? I I just it's 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 the most subjective award. Like it's what? even more subjective than it's even more subjective than uh, than the Norris. The Norris should be, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> but, depends on what you want your defenseman to be doing, because if you want a winger for your defenseman, then he shouldn't be up for the Norris. Yeah, exactly. Um, Braden Point. Who cares? Who cares? I don't like this award. I've never liked this award, and I'm not one of those people that say, "Oh, there should be more fighting and more head trauma in hockey." I just don't like the idea, the concept behind it. Give it to Anze Kopitar and call it a night. Yeah, fine, whatever. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really care. Yeah. I think Kopitar gets it just based off of who else he's he's battling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Adams, though. Hackstall, Montgomery, and, and Ruff. Fire Lindy. Who's finishing in second? <laughs> I don't know. You have the Fire Lindy crowd to the I'm sorry, Lindy crowd. Uh, that was one of the best turns of the year, by the way. Because I was part of the Fire Lindy crowd. I was like, this team this team will go nowhere with him. Which, we're going to see how much he had to do with the Devils' success now that Brunette is in Nashville. Yes. Mm-hmm. That so. is a off-season change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, who comes in second to Jim Montgomery and why? Uh, I think it's rough because of the, uh, because of the turn. Because of the very, very quick turn of this team, they were good. They were really good. But Hackstall turned. They're ahead of schedule. Good too. Hackstall got him in the second round. This, I think, Hackstall did a very good job. I believe Hackstall did the best job he could with what he got, and maybe that's maybe that that and that's part of the award too. They all did. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I, I just I can see the league like I can see the league awarding won. Seattle. Yeah, mm, that's a good point because they they, they want to be able to go look. See, hockey's working in Seattle. It's a success. Boston's always been good. What do you mean? They would have been good under Bruce. I, I, Montgomery's the most deserving based off of results. But uh, Hackstall, I, I could see when it I think it goes to money, though. I think it goes, to, it goes to Monty, and it goes to Monty by a lot. Trying not to be a homer, but I think it goes to Monty. No. Well, that's not a homer pick. This is a regular season award. Who had the best regular season in history? And who was the coach of that team? Boston. There you go. Done. That's the thing. Same thing with the Linus Allmark thing. I'm trying the best I can to see it from other teams' perspectives, but to your point, best regular season, all, all the numbers, everything say it's got to be Allmark and Monty. For those mm-hmm. wins. and Bergeron too. Um, uh, the the Bill Masterton. You've got Stalock, Latang, and Clayton Keller 
for best exemplifying the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication. This, is another this man had a second stroke, and his father died, and he yeah. came back within a month. It's got to go. It's Latang. It's got to go to Latang, and you know what? <laughs> we already have next year's winner for it too. Next year's winner has got to be Anton Forsberg. God, <laughs> if he even plays. <laughs> I know, right? Two oh my four, god! Poor guy. He's already winning it for next season. It's, it's, he steps on the ice and he wins it. Right, exactly. He plays one game. He's a, he's he's a lock. <laughs> I don't know of any other story that's going to come even close. But Latang this year and watch out. Put your money right now on Anton Forsberg for next season. What's the code that they could use for FanDuel, Chris? FanDuel.com/slash/Boston. Put that on your fucking parlay. <laughs> You, you know what, though? You know what's even funnier, though, that you say that? This, mm. As of right now, I, I'm just throwing a dollar on it because why the fuck not? Because um, <laughs> they have the odds for next This is impromptu, folks. This is not planned. <laughs> this is not, but uh, I saw the odds. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now, actually, because I want to be accurate on what they were. Um, I took a futures on... The plus 13,000 for the Columbus Blue Jackets to win the cup next year for a dollar. You're, 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 you're smoking some of that Babcock good, good. I, first of all, it's the best long <laughs> shot up. plus 13,000. My dollar could win me 130 bucks. I can mm-hmm. cash out later if it, if it starts to go. Yeah, well. heck yeah. Go for it. <laughs> but I, I mean, when I look at all of the <laughs> They, they're they're all too reasonable. <laughs> like, this is the one I looked at, and I was like, yeah. you know what? For one year, Columbus actually could catch lightning in a bottle. And and if they do, holy fuck, that team could be good. Because they have talent. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of talent on that team. And they still have they room do. for more. And I know they say they're not shopping the third overall pick. They have the third one, right? Not the second? Yes, yeah, the, they have the third. Correct. I know they say they're not shopping it, but you mean to tell me that you wouldn't listen to offers for it with the team I mean, that they if have you're, on the ice right now. I'm Yarmo Kukalainen, and I just traded for Damon Severson and Ivan Provorov. I have the sort of Damocles dangling over my head because they, I have just been told by my ownership that if we don't make the playoffs next year, I'm fired. But, but listen to their lineup though. Goudreau, Laine, Roslovich, Jenner, Corrali, Tessier, Kent Johnson, Cole Sillinger, they have talent and now they have defense. No, well, well, Branson, Provorov, Severson, Merzlikens is still good. He's he's got to rebound a lot. He's yes, he does, but he's still good. Tasarov might be good. Tassar- Daniel Tasarov might be good. He looked really good. And Zach Warensky's coming back from massive knee injury. Mm-hmm. He missed all but what seven games? Something like that. But to my point here, what I was just about to say, though, is that I'm Jarmo Kokalainen. I've just been told, if I don't make the playoffs, I'm fired. What you got for me for that third pick? And here's the thing. They still have $5.8 million in cap space to work with. Mm -hmm. They still have almost $6 million. We haven't even started free agency. And you know what what I would do if I were them? I'd pick up the phone on July 1st and go, hey, Patty Kane. How much are you looking for for when you get back? 
Does Patty can't hang up the phone for Columbus though? I mean, when you when you look at the fact that you could play across from John Johnny Gaudreau with Roslovich down the middle. I mean, it doesn't. Columbus is at a destination, though, as as sad as it is. No, but I mean, name other teams that are gonna that are gonna want to pay Patrick Kane money. Uh, after hip resurfacing surgery, where he may have misled the uh, Rangers. Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> name name a team that's gonna want to pay him. I if I'm Kekalainen, I would set aside about three million bucks for him. <laughs> I don't know if that gets him, but I like where your head's at. I don't know if three million gets him. I mean, some some team might go might go stupid. To be oh, fair, maybe yeah, maybe. I mean, but th- this year is certainly not the year of the free agent. Like it's not. So Greg Wyshynski, uh had a uh, quote from a unnamed unnamed NHL executive saying, "Hey, what's this? Uh, what's this free agent crop looking like this year?" And he said, "Fucking awful." <laughs> Dimitri Orlov and Tyler Bertuzzi are the top free agent gets. Well, oh if, no! If you're if you're doing it by former cap hit off of cap friendly is what I'm looking at. First and foremost, Kane and Taves are one and two. Uh, number three has now been changed from Ryan O'Reilly because of a recent buyout to Oliver Ekman Larson now being number three. <laughs> Did we go through all the awards? I just realized that. <laughs> Yeah, the the Masterton was the last one. Okay, all right, good, good. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> the, the the father passing and second stroke kind of killed the mood. Yeah, a little bit. All right, okay. So Oliver Eckman Larson, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a what a character. Um, what a transition. What a transition. <laughs> uh there there are there are darker ones that could be made there, <laughs> but we'll we'll let those pass over. Yeah. Um, make your right. own, make your own in the comments, folks. Yeah, right. Uh, fifty-four games played last year, twenty-two points was a minus twenty-four in those fifty-four games. Uh, twenty minutes time on ice on average. He's left shot, thirty-one years old, bought out, complete free agent now. We mentioned it before the show. I, I think we have different stances on him. I think we do. What? Why don't you explain yours first? In the last four years, Oliver Ekman Larson grades out as one of the bottom five defensemen with at least two with a, with at least two hundred games in the NHL in terms of in terms of on ice impact, in terms of expected goal differential, in terms of there's several other factors here. Last four years. That's two years after he got eight years. By the Vancouver Canucks, where his choices were Vancouver and Boston. Uh, This year, he was one of the worst-graded defensemen on the worst defense, on the worst-graded defense in the NHL in nine years. (laughs) The Vancouver Canucks are paying Oliver Ekman Larson Nineteen and a half million dollars to not play for them. So, for first of first off, a little bit off there. His contract, his eight point two five AAV contract, uh huh, six point seven five, uh huh, and when he was with Arizona, 
He signed it on July 1st, 2018 with John <laughs> Um, He he was traded, obviously, to, to Vancouver with money retained. Mm-hmm. Um, Which Arizona lost to- lost their reta- one of their retainment spots for the next eight years because of this. Yes. Good um, job. They're probably pissed. <laughs> that was, yeah. I, I mean, I think that was a loophole that nobody saw being taken advantage of. But, hey, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, don't sign dumb contracts. So. <laughs> <laughs> don't sign a 29-year-old offensive defenseman whose defense is already starting to crater for eight years. Don't so, trade for him. Don't do it. Looking back, so the contract started in the 1920 season. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the 1920 season, he played 81 games, had 44 points. He was a minus 16. That Arizona team, though, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go back and tell you that that team had 213 goals for, 223 against. They went 39 and 35 and 8. They weren't that bad. They were barely over 500. But that, but in comparison. They weren't that bad. <laughs> he was the second point scorer on the team with 44. Number one overall on the team in scoring that year was Clayton Keller at 20 years old with 47. Ah. <laughs> they were bad. Mm. Oh, and, and by the way, their their goaltenders that year were Darcy Kemper, Aiden Hill, Auntie Ranta. Aiden, that's Stanley Cup champion Aiden Hill to you. Stanley Cup champion Aiden Hill. And you know what? He wasn't that bad for him either. He went seven and five. He allowed 32 goals in his 13 games. Mm-hmm. Save percentage of 90, 90.1%. Goals against of 276. So he was like right at the Mendoza line. He, he was, was like, right about there. Yeah. Their, yep. their main starter that year was Kemper. He played 55 games. Still posted pretty good numbers, though. Had five shutouts that year. Mm-hmm. And Aiden Hill was only 22 that year. Uh, yeah. But Ekman Larson, after that, 1920, 66 games, obviously 2021 COVID. So we can put a big asterisk over that whole row. Yeah. But still, 24 points in 46 games. So he was on a better pace going there. Mm-hmm. Then he got traded to Vancouver. And that was the year where they got Bruce Boudreau fired. Mm-hmm. So that was a shit show Vancouver season. And then this year they went through the Brock Besser and um, uh, who was the one they ended Connor up Garland? Co- no. Who was the one they moved to um, the Islanders? Oh, uh, Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat. Thank you. They went through oh. the Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, or JT Miller saga crap. So he hasn't exactly been on amazing Vancouver teams either, but in 21, 22, he played 79 games had 29 points. He was a plus five that year. So, and he's still consistently over 20 minutes a night on ice. So he's getting top four minutes. No, I don't want to say that Boston should have signed him to that $8.25 million AAV for eight years. Fuck no. I'm glad they didn't. All right. I I he's not that guy. But if you tell me that you can get him for two years, AAV of two, right now, with the position that I'm in, if I'm Boston, I would look at that. 
Ekman Larson, and I'm going to go back to the numbers that I had, that I pulled before the show here. His individual defensive metrics throughout his entire career, not just the last four years, his entire career, the offensive defenseman, even when he was at his peak, he was a good offensive defenseman. He's at the point now where any contract you sign for him is a risk. That's why I wouldn't make it big money. But but here's my here's here's my point. If we have a team here, and let's say Boston, because you know we're on the BNG network, so you know, we'll tie it back to Boston a little bit. You have a team like Boston who has two options on left side defense right now. They both carry their own inherent risk. That's Jakob Zaborl and Mason Lari. With Zaborl, your risk is now or never, kid. Sink or swim. With Lari, it's... Let's see what you, you got. You Let's see what you got. I am more willing to take a risk on exuberance and upside than I am to take on a guy who has none of that remaining, no, none of the upside remaining. I understand the argument for, I think people see the name and they see that, that at some point he was a 50 point defenseman. That's attractive. I I don't look at the points. I look at what he's capable of doing as far as taking up time on ice in a serviceable manner. All right. And I'm looking at him going, third spot so if i just I don't could, see him as serviceable even in a third spot if he's capable of doing 20 minutes a night all right and I'm, I'm trying to think of a comparable as far as time on ice because when when you break up well this past year when they had orloff when mm-hmm. you when you split them up on three different lines you had mcavoy lindholm and orloff mm-hmm. you had one of them out there for all 60 minutes all right. And I think if you have a pairing of Carlo and Lindholm, that's not going anywhere. McAvoy and hopefully Zboril steps up and takes it from him. Now you, I mean, maybe two million is an overshot value for him. All right. 1.25. Go in there and compete against Lori for the third spot. You know, make him be this year's Anton Strawman almost. Stroman played nine games and was a minus five. <laughs> right. But he didn't have it anymore. OEL or Stroman? Is a gun to my head? Yes. OEL. Thank you. I, I again I I think he still has something left. He's not what he was. We we mm-hmm. we agree on that. He's not right. what he once was. He's not worth eight point five. And the best part is, is he's getting his money. He's not but, coming here for cash. But I think where we differ is that what he was, I think you side with the idea that what he was and what he is what are he close was, enough where it's worth taking the risk. What he was was better than Zboril. Not hard, but... <laughs> but if, if you're looking at a guy like Zboril in your top four then OEL should be considered for your bottom parent. I would rather take a I would rather take a risk on a PTO, man. 
and I wouldn't you get them on a PTO. I would do it. PTO would be my. You get them on a PTO, fine. Like, all right, here you go. But that's what I'm saying. Is you're it's... making twenty million dollars to sit on your dick, like. Yeah. <laughs> PTO. He he's also the type of guy though that if you can get him on one year, and you can say, listen, you you already got your cash. You don't have to worry about money. If you can come here and help us win, that increases your value. Other teams are now, God forbid, if they go and do what the last defending President's Cup trophy winners have done the year after they get eliminated from the playoffs, and you end up going... Don't finish the sentence. S-C-O-E-L. <laughs> or S-C-C-O-E-L. <laughs> then his value just went up. And people aren't going to care. You benefited. He benefited. I still don't. I'm still not convinced. I'm still not convinced in OEL as a player. If Were, were you ever? Mm, not really. Okay, then. Not, <laughs> Put the gavel down. It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, not really. If, if, if. And let's put it back to the NHL at large. If a team looks at OEL and sa- and does what the Blues did with Mike Hoffman two years ago, and says, "We don't have any money for you right now. Here's a PTO," and then Hoffman goes out and scores twenty five. Yeah. PTO, and anything where there's no risk involved, I'll do it. Anything where a contract is signed. I'm not there. I I I'm not against the PTO. I I would I would offer PTO first because mm-hmm. I would see what the market is like for them. There's um, definitely going to be a PT going to be a lot of PTOs this year because of the because of the cap. For sure. And another team that needs to shop heavy on defense is going to be Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Buffalo needs D. Buffalo. I don't know if Buffalo would benefit from an L. I don't know. I don't know if any team would truly benefit from OEL as a th- as a third pairing shelter. I'm not sure Buffalo would be going after OEL. There's a few other names on the list that they would be going after. If I'm Buffalo, all right. I'm honestly not even looking at the at free agency for for my defenseman. There's a key name out there, at least one, or at least one organization that I'd be looking at shopping for defensemen from. Hmm. And you might be surprised by the name, but I'm going to throw it out there. They should go shopping for Colton Pareko. I think Pareko would be a perfect change of scenery candidate. He's making way too much money for what he provides. Buffalo can afford to take on the entire... Buffalo can afford to take it on, yes. And, and And here's the other thing, too. The the Blues are going to be looking for a big name. Well, there's a big name RFA who's looking for relocation from a team that needs a goaltender, Alex Debrinket. I think he's going to Detroit. <laughs> I I can see that. Yeah, I think he's going to Detroit. I I could see that. We'll 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 talk about that. Mm-hmm. But the Ottawa Senators need a goaltender, and Buffalo could use moving UPL. Mm-hmm. So you again, obviously things would have to go a little bit more uh, in depth. But the basis of a deal where Pareko goes to Buffalo, the entire cap hit can go with him. OEL, uh, no, yeah, we've been talking about him for way too damn long. Oh my God. UPL goes to Ottawa and Debrinket can go to 
the Blues. The Blues now have six and a half extra million dollars to work with with the Brinkett and trying to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. He gets his change of scenery. They get a little bit more help up front. And do you think do you think Buffalo would give up an asset just for negotiating rights like that? For negotiating rights on Pareko? He's already signed. Or negotiating rights on Debrinket, rather. Oh wait, oh you're talking about three team trade. I see what you're I see where you're going. Okay. Debrinket goes to St. Louis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buffalo gets Pareko. Gotcha. UPL mm-hmm. goes to Ottawa. Gotcha. A couple okay. picks or some filler fodder go in there a yeah. little bit well but you know the blues are trying to get out from one of their mammoth contracts on defense pareko certainly fits mm-hmm. he has a cup so he goes into buffalo and immediately has some clout in the locker room not enough where he's gonna sit there and be like fuck off tage thompson this is not your team fuck mm-hmm. off you know all these other people but he's gonna come in and they're gonna be like hey this guy knows what he's doing he's got a cup mm-hmm which is where we want to go. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was, and he's wearing an A in St. Louis. So it's not exactly like he's going to go and blow shit up up in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But to your point, the, it seems like Detroit's the leading candidate for Debrinket. It, uh, and and good for Detroit if they're finally if Y is finally shit is finally getting off the pot after shitting for about six years. <laughs> I just I don't know. First of all, what are they going to give up for him? Would they give up just a couple picks? I mean, would you take the St. Louis second and the Vancouver second if you're Ottawa, and say, "Here you go." Negotiate. That's Devin Taser two pick, two second round picks. <laughs> it's Alex DeBrinket. Yeah, it is, and that's a that's a that's a thirty five goal scorer, right? Mm-hmm. Or or maybe a second and a fourth because you got Minnesota's fourth. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- what do you value the negotiating rights to Alex DeBrinket for? The negotiating rights to Alex DeBrinket, I would, I would, I would pony up some picks if I'm Stevie Y because at this point, I've got enough of these picks that have been gestating in Grand Rapids for umpteen years. It's time to take. It's time to take a swing on a still relatively young player. He's got $30 million in cap space. Like, come on, man. Like, my, my, a dear friend of mine is a Wings fan, and a lot of Wings fans, yeah. and he speaks for a lot of Wings fans here, where I get it, they had to blow it up. They had to blow it up because they, they were too stagnant for too long. Yeah. Trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. But if Stevie Y continues to sit on these picks and sit on these prospects, it's going to start turning into a Sam Hinkle situation. Where it's like you're you're planting and 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 you're planting, but there's no harvest. You've I mean you've got Lucas Raymond, you got Moritz Sider, you've got a couple of you got a couple of good crops in there, but you need a money crop. I know. Alex Debrinket's your money crop, and I know that they're high on Sebastian Cosa in goal, so I'm not going to rip. He's going to be a stud for, for doing goaltending work or anything like that. My only mm-hmm. question is is how. I don't want to, how committed to Billy Huso are you over these next two years, or do you think he's movable? Would you do something to address the goaltending in a different manner? I would try to see if I could move Nedeljkovic for cheap. The rights to him? Mm-hmm. Maybe Ottawa? Maybe Ottawa. Maybe see if... See the rights if, to if Nedeljkovic could capture what he had in Carolina, it's there. Oh, it's there. 100%. Yeah. 
one hundred percent. And 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 you know what? He showed a little bit of it in Detroit too. Yeah, Not a lot, but a little bit. So mm-hmm. like, there's talent there, and someone's gonna play. I can fix the goaltender. So mm-hmm. if there, they're Ottawa, as long as goalies exist, there will be a team saying I can fix him. Right. Mm-hmm. And and after Aiden Hill, what he just did, like. Aiden Hill just held a lot of goaltenders. <laughs> Aiden Hill upped a lot of prices. He sure did. Like, if, if you have the negotiating rights, the RFA rights to Nedeljkovich, plus a second-round pick and maybe even a fourth-round pick, and you pick up the phone and you call Ottawa, I think you could get probably the negotiating rights for Debrinket and... Mm-hmm maybe another like mid-tier prospect mm-hmm. right and and they need a goaltender because you know they the only one they have right now i think is uh actually i don't think they have anybody other than forsberg under contract did talbot's rights expire they were they expired this year okay all right and he'll become a UFA. So, although I, I know they have that kid, um, Sogard. So yeah, Mad Sogard. He's. I don't think he's much. I don't think he's much. I I don't think he's much right now. But it, I I remember they were pretty high on him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. They were, but I think they got. I think I think they know what he is at this point. Him, Mad Sogard. They have Kevin Mandelis as well. Uh, he's fodder. Like. They need a goaltender. They need that desperately. They need that desperately, but is Nedeljkovic the guy that can come in and fill in? Because I think Forsberg, they, I think they view Anton Forsberg as their guy. He's just hurt. <laughs> and that's an understatement. Put Nedeljkovic as a, as a as a 1B. Is he a 1, though, or would he be more like a 2B? I, I, think, I think Detroit was a bad fit. I honestly believe Detroit was a bad fit. And Carolina did Carolina did well by kind of by not qualifying him. Shocking. We were shocked by that, if you remember correctly. Yeah, they, they well, they dealt him. Yeah, they dealt him. That's right. Okay, yeah, they dealt him. It was a shocking trade because he played so well for them. Yeah. But I think I think maybe that affected him in a mental in a mental capacity. So I think that if you if maybe maybe another trade would would fuck him up even more. Who knows? But, but- but here's maybe you put him into a situation where he's <coughs> where he is a on a young team that's young like him. He's still pretty young. Twenty seven, yeah. Yeah, twenty seven. He's a, he's reached his peak. He's he's a he's a young vet. Yeah. I don't know. I would I would if I'm if I'm Ottawa, I'm saying, all right, you know what? You you want the nego- you want just the rights to Debrinket, you're not guaranteed to get him. Give but us Nadalkovich. Also give think- us Nadalkovich at a pick. Think of it this way too. There's going to be some excitement in Ottawa because Joshua Norris is going to be coming back healthy again. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're going to be going in with new ownership. There's going to be a fresh set of like just just that fret. It's the new ownership smell. Yeah, the new ownership smell. You know, you know with with Meldick in there, it just smelled like whiskey and cheap cigars. But it's one of those things. Like, and there's a couple goaltenders that if I'm Ottawa, I sit there and I go, you know what? Even if I brought in two of them, maybe even, you know what I mean? Because Forsberg's not going to be healthy for, what, another nine months at this point? He tore both of his ACLs. He'll be lucky to get in a game next year. We got to be honest with that. Well, he did it 
I don't want to say early, but he did it in what December. So ACL injuries, you come back in about a year. So okay, so maybe you look at February. You got to get to February. Being realistic, he tore both of them. So mm. you know, it's hard on. So walking. you got to think. You got to you got to take that into account too. Yeah. So again, maybe February. You're right. Maybe maybe you just pencil them out for the whole season. I I don't know, but mm-hmm. like. If you're looking for competition for the one B role, because I would view Anton Forsberg as my one. Mm-hmm. He's just hurt. Mm-hmm. You've got guys like Nadelkovich, even Mackenzie Blackwood, Laurent Brassois would be a good guy to throw some money at. A little Brassois was somebody Brassois was somebody who saved his NHL career. He's a legit backup. And so maybe and you put him year, in. Last year he had a three million dollar salary on an AAV deal that was two point three two five. So, mm-hmm. like, if you're throwing a few million bucks at him and, let's say, Nadelkovich and Blackwood, you're rolling with three guys that are kind of questionable all the time. Like, mm-hmm. again, no major contracts, but, you know, a contract that if it's – they're all one-year deals. I, I'm not looking at multi-year deals um, or or go completely off the page and throw some good money at Jonas Corposalo. Try and lock him in long term and make Forsberg your two for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Like, I, what do I, the Kings do? Do do the Kings do the Kings go for do the Kings resign Corpusalo or do they go big game hunting for goalies? You think? Because that's the one thing that's missing from them. Corpusalo did very well after the trade. If if I'm them, I look to throw Corpusalo some cash. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I I feel like for them. The, the Bruins keep coming up. Linus Allmark keeps coming up, but that's going to cost them a guy like a Quinton Byfield. And I don't, if I'm LA, I don't look to do that kind of deal. Mm. I just, I, I'm not excited about a guy who. It's Quinton B- B- Byfield's upside versus what we need now because we could probably, we could probably compete now with what we have. Yeah. I just, I look at it realistically looking at Linus Allmark and I go, what first of all, I'm not getting that Linus Allmark. I'm mm-hmm. getting sub that. He's not gonna do that again, no matter what. Like his year was so rare that it, it's just not gonna happen. I'll again. take 80% of that. I'll take 80% of that too. I'll take the 2.45915 to 917. Because that's a hell of a lot better than what they got last year. If if I'm making a swing with Byfield. As my main chip, I'm also looking because I'm still I, I have it pulled up right now. Drew Doughty, Gavrikov, Anderson, Roy, Dursey, like they have an okay, solid left side based defensive core unit. Mm-hmm. If I'm looking at dealing Quinton Byfield, who is an RFA at the end of this season, I'm also inquiring about another defenseman. I have Mike to. Riley, come on down, baby. But I don't want one for the left side mm-hmm. because my left side has Gavrikov, Anderson, and Dursey mm-hmm. and Edler. No, he's a UFA, but you know, he was there. Um, first of all, if I'm going to look at the left side, then send me Matt Grizzlick. Mm-hmm. Send me Matt Grizzlick. Grizzlick and Olmark. We're talking, I'll, I will include Byfield, but here's the other catch that I would want. 
I still want some room to work with, retain some cow, some, some, some cap hit. Mm-hmm. And you know what, if I'm Boston, I, I don't dismiss that because even if I can get rid of half of Linus Allmark's cap hit, that gives me 2.5 to work with half of the Matt, Matt, Matt Grizzly contract, another 1.5. It, 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 I wouldn't say I would do this straight up. Linus Allmark, Matt Grizzly, half retained for Quentin Byfield, but we have the basis of a deal. Throw me a third, the Pittsburgh third round pick that they have this year as part of it. I'm seriously considering it. I got a draft pick and I've got $4 million more to work with on my own cap. Mm-hmm. If I'm Boston, I have to consider that. And I just got a center of the future. One who took very big steps this year. Exactly. Yep. And and maybe and you're kind of selling high if you're LA. And maybe that's the move to make if you're not getting Bergeron back. Maybe that's the move to make if you're getting Bergeron back regardless. Yeah, but then my question is, are you kicking Pavel Zaka back out to the wing for another season? Probably. And at that point, my question is, is do you have Bertuzzi back? Because I would rather, if you have Bertuzzi, I want Zaka, Bertuzzi, Pasternak. I want that line. I think at that point you keep Hall, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I That's a whole other conversation for our Bruins fans. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hall, Marshand, Bertuzzi. You can only pick two. Hollow Marshan, done. Next topic. That's where I'm at. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause they're all gonna cost you between six and six and a half. At, exactly. At, at best, Bert might cost you closer to seven, but let's for the sake of the discussion, say they all cost you six point five. Mm-hmm. I I would rather see Hall, Zaka, Pasternak. Um although I wouldn't I if Bergeron doesn't come back, Marshan Zaka Pasta. I'll fuck with that. I mean, yeah, Zaka's not what Bergeron was down the middle, but you know Pasta and Marshan still got it. Right. You know, I mean, who would have thought Brad Marshan is your defensive responsible guy on the main line? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who would have thought that? We've talked about this ad nauseum on the show where it's like, you know, you're going to have to take some hits on quality regardless. If you're Boston. Right. So and if if, if you're LA, are those pieces but, enough? Uh that byfield the byfield the byfield discussion is is interesting to say the least. The other question I have about Byfield, I don't want to say he's losing face in the franchise. I just think that he's not developing the way they were hoping for. And there's another team that has another center who is falling out of face with them. Could it be a our young guy for your guy? problem swap where you just pick up the phone call seattle and say give us shane Wright, and we'll give you quentin byfield that's a good one that's a good uh, i i think quentin byfield would be an excellent fit in seattle and the, the reason why i say that is because you know it's it's a one for one you don't have to overcomplicate mm-hmm. it both players get to change the scenery that i think they both need and mm-hmm. i obviously buy uh, shane Wright is another one because seattle needs a goaltender and apparently now they're shopping dryger mm-hmm. <laughs> um another torn acl oh that's right he did yeah. that thing mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's due back earlier in the season though and it was only right. one acl so a little right yeah that Half the um, ACL. <laughs> Jones, 
is going to hit free agency, so I'm not worried too much about him. But Grubauer, and then they have Dreider and uh, who was the other? Oh, Joey Decord. Oh, he's got Joey Decord. He's a six, you, uh, group six free agent, though. Mm-hmm. And he was in the expansion draft, so I don't think they're going to look to retain him all that much. Yeah. But he's, he's doing won. well in Coachella Valley in the Calder Cup fil- finals right now. Yeah, and, and you know what? That, but Shane Wright is another one. I think it was Boosie or was it Brett? One of those guys sent out a tweet or something about um, the Kraken going after uh, Jeremy Swayman and dangling Shane Wright. And it's mm-hmm. blown up into this big huge thing from either side. Would you look at something like that? I wouldn't. I If I'm Seattle, I'm definitely calling Boston. For a, either one of the goaltenders. Yeah. I'm definitely calling Boston. I'm like, hey, um, but if you also are Seattle, you're gonna go. You're gonna come into the pratfall of ending up spending almost ten million dollars on goaltending. Yeah, but I think Grubauer can be moved. How much is left on his deal? Four years. <laughs> you were saying four years and five point nine mil. That's 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 gonna be tough. But he's Stanley Cup champion, Philip Grubauer. Oh, get, stop. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, that's like that's that's technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. But <laughs> that's that's. I mean, Stanley Cup champion Tuka Rask. Like, <laughs> it's the same difference. Grubauer goes to Washington. Mm-hmm. Back where it all started for him. I was gonna say, not that we've seen that before. Yeah. Um. Speaking of back to where it all started. Uh, Mark Andre Florida Pittsburgh. Do you think there's anything to that? I want there to be. That would be hilarious. Mostly because of the fact that that I I love. He's one of the good guys of the NHL. Oh my god, yes. And I Mark love- Andre Fleury is pure salt of the earth. He's he's a guy that you just want to be friends with. And he's the guy that you want to see pound Jordan Pennington. <laughs> That man had my heart that day. When he was like, he's been asking for it. Let me do it. Literally, I love how that was his argument too. He wants to do it. Let us do it. Yeah. Um, I think he's I think he's I think he's cooked. He did not have a good season last year. He hasn't had a good last couple of years, to be honest. But he's kind of bounced around a little bit. Maybe when if he came back home to where it all started, maybe maybe that'll Light a fire under Tristan Jari because Casey DeSmith is not, not <laughs> Casey DeSmith ain't it. under contract for them right now. Tristan Jari is going to be a free agent. I would resign Tristan Jari, but I would put in Flurry as like a, a as as like the with the understanding that he's the backup. See, and I, I would try to trade DeSmith out for like a seventh round pick or something. I I think Kyle Dubas has his sights set on somebody else. Who, if you say Matt Murray, I swear to God. John Gibson. That that'll that that's the swing he's he's got to take that swing. That's the swing he's got to take right there. And I think Gibson is a perfect bounce back candidate. See, Gibbs see the part of what I love about what we're going to see this offseason is one, I think you're right. I think we're going to see a lot of PTOs. We're going to see a lot of one-year bridge contract, prove it deals for players. I mean, John Klingberg is primed to sign another one. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll probably get one one year, four million bucks mm-hmm. from a team that needs a defenseman. 
you know, Matt Dumba, he'll he'll get some cash, but not as much as people think, you know. And and I look at it, and I I look at every single team, and I go, it's so dependent on everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like more think, than any other off season, there is a domino effect here. Like think about it, if you're Boston. You ain't, you are not getting Bertuzzi back if Dallas decides to say here's seven mil, and they could, and it would benefit them. Uh, any team, any team, could do that. A lot of teams could do that. I should say any team. Uh, Chicago has forty million dollars in cap space. Yes. You want to play next to Connor Bedard? I was going to say here's seven mil. Toy. They're going to have a brand new toy in Connor Bedard. Yep. Shiny new object. You know, but you know what? They better go out and get a guy like Ryan Reeves who can protect him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they got to have a little bit of cash for someone to protect that kid because he is only 17 years old. Yeah, he might he might hit 100 points this year, oh. this coming year. What do you think the What do you think it would be like if he was a bust? It'll be it would it would be the biggest bust in sports history, and it would be the best karma ever for such a trash organization. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I would feel bad for Connor Bedard as the person. Oh, for sure. For but sure. on the other hand, my my sympathy for Connor Bedard as a person does not supersede my fuck Chicago. <laughs> right? Oh man! I um, seeing that card get pulled. Oh my god! All the things. Yeah. If he ends up being a but if he ends up being a bust, and I'm not I'm not exaggerating when I say this, he would be the biggest bust in American sports history. Like done, that's it. He'd be the NHL version of Ryan Leaf. Yeah, Ryan Leaf, Todd Moranovich, Alexander Daigle. He would be right up there with Nail Yakupov. Yep, Nail Yakupov is another one. Mm-hmm. Do you are you sold on Fantilli too to Anaheim? Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantilli, Zegers, and Terry. No, enough said. <laughs> you didn't have yeah. to say anything else there. Mitchikov's an interesting case, though, because he's yeah. under contract at the KHL for two more two more years or three? Is it two or three? I think it's this year and two more. Okay, so it's three years. All it's right. Three total. But he can get out of it. Mm-hmm. But Willie, what, that's the question. Deploy to play with, like, Ovechkin specifically? Mm-hmm. Do you think he would fall that far? If teams aren't certain, why would you pick them? No, that that was actually my next question. If you're a team, like he's he's a he's an obvious, clear cut top three talent in this draft. Yes. Do you? You can't afford to wait though if you're picking that high. So what do you do? But that's on the that's off my ch- point. Do, do you risk on the off chance that he? will come to the United States within a year. So if he's a top three talent, first of all, you've got Bedard at one with the Blackhawks, Fantilli at two with the Ducks. Uh, I think if I'm the Blue... First of all, if I'm the Blue Jackets, I seriously look at moving the pick. I plan mm-hmm. on I plan on making the pick. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But... I look at the option to move it and see what it can get me in a win now mode. Mm-hmm. Clearly, guys are going to be on the market. Guys that we, you and I, have no earthly idea are going to be available. 
are going to be available. Literally nobody that we've talked about as trade targets is going to be traded with our luck here because it's never who you expect. Right. Like Boston goes out and they end up trading Charlie Coyle. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, they traded Charlie Coyle. It's like, oh, he actually accepted a trade somewhere. Huh. Weird. But uh, Detroit trades David Perron. (laughs) Right. Yeah. See, it's stupid like that. Although 35 year old forward, just under five mil, one year left on the deal. Stanley Cup champion David Perron. Stanley Cup champion David Perron, who who has who is an actual Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> right? Or mm-hmm. I don't know, Andrew Cu- no, he wouldn't. But see, like that, but that we were just talking about that. This is so dependent on every other team, more so in years past. Mm-hmm. Because we, we were talking about the Ducks. I'm going to circle back to them for a minute. The Ducks Fantilli at two. Okay. Big, big kid centerman going to come in and play with the likes of, you know, McTavish and Comtois and, you know. Comtois is probably being dealt. I'll, I'll put that as a caveat. You but think so? Yeah. I think, I think they've had, I think they've had it with him. He did. He's, he's, he's their Nick Ritchie. Big body dude who never really went brought up to the talent that he had. Yeah, but I I mean I guess I mean obviously Trevor Zegris is in there, Troy Terry is in there. I mean there's plenty of talent anyway. Exactly. My my point being though, a kid like Fantilli down the middle allows you to look at moving Adam Henrique, allows you to look at moving even Ryan Strom and his five mil. I would keep him. Because he's a he's a solid solid centerman, mm-hmm. and and he is at twenty nine a veteran, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But Adam Henrique, first of all, if I'm the Ducks, I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling Boston. If I'm Boston, I'm interested in him, especially especially if Bergeron does not come back, mm-hmm. because the connection- again I'll be young. Well, not only that, but Adam Henrique used to play in juniors with Taylor Hall. And they, and they were unstoppable. Were best lines in the history of their team. They were unstoppable. Yep. Unfucking stoppable. And so if you can reignite that, I mean, there's money that has to be worked out. And yeah, the the maybe there's a three-way deal in there because they also want to get rid of Gibson. That frees up 10 million bucks ish, actually eleven, because mm-hmm. six and 5'8", a little over 11, pushing 12 for the Ducks, which means they can go out, they can make a couple splashes in free agency at that point. That's over 12, actually. Yeah, 12.2. Which, you know, I'm not saying that these, I mean, maybe they can go out and get a guy like Dabrinkit and add him to the mix because they can pay him. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to have to start paying cash at some point. Is Verbeek the type to do that, though? It seems like he's a slow and steady guy. He is. He he, he very much is. Mm-hmm. But there's a cap floor. And, That's also true. And and you got to get to the cap floor. Now, Thank God for that. <laughs> you know what else, though, there is? There's guys that want to prove it. And there's guys that want to hold it to the, against their former teams. So... Maybe you you pay a few million bucks to a guy like Jonathan Quick to mm-hmm. come in and essentially mentor Lucas Dothel, who you really are high on in net, and 
yeah, I know there's an asterisk on that third cup championship with the Vegas Golden Knights, but he still has three and he won two of them pretty single-handedly on his own in the pipes. Mm -hmm. So he's a solid guy to, you know, kind of mix in that Dostal and Stolarz kind of grouping. That makes sense, but this this run for Quick kind of felt like the end for him, the way that he just didn't even get into a single game, which is kind of there for the ride. I don't know about that. I think some of it was the fact that Aiden Hill was playing so well. You Mm -hmm. had other guys who were playing really, really well. See... Jonathan Quick very well might retire. Mm-hmm. He very well may retire. I, I think his options will be retirement or going to a team like the New York Rangers as a backup. Mm-hmm. And you could put the Ducks on the list because they'll pay him more. But I, I really don't see him going away from another chance to win. And if he's playing second fiddle to Igor Shosturkin or watch out for Tampa to swoop in and pay him a, a million and a half to back up Vasilevsky. That'd be definitely be an upgrade over Brian Elliott. Yeah, like he would go to a market like that where he would get maybe a million and a half, two million bucks, play in 35, maybe 30 games a year, mm-hmm. and be the number two for the playoffs. Just, j- j- well, to, to, not even just to like, you know, I mean, he'd obviously contributed in his own right, but just to take the tread off of Vasilevsky's tires a little bit. Like, look, right. that's some... That's some, uh, he needs a break. <laughs> that boy needs a break. Big Russian boy needs a break. Yeah. Russian machine don't break. Russian machine don't break. No, I, speaking down. of which, I saw Burke Kirshner last night <laughs> in Meadowbrook speaking of Russian machine. But they, they do need an oil change once in a while. So yeah, they do. For a change. I, I mean, the goaltending market, though, I, I can see that making him retire. Because, mm-hmm. one... There's so many names that are out there. I mean, Markstrom, Allmark, Gibson, we mentioned, Hellebuck, uh, Carter Hart's name has been thrown out there, Thatcher Demko. It sounded like it sounds like Keith Jones kind of came to his senses on the Carter Hart thing. He might still be out there, but it sounds like that's kind of cooled off a little bit. That he's not actively shopping them? Yeah, he, I, 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 I believe I read a report last week that told him it's like we're gonna let's slow down on the carter hart talk i mean i guess but i i think that also might be because teams weren't as excited to go out and trade for the 24 year old than as much as he thought they would be Mm -hmm. that could be it too down but I think regardless, I think the trade talk is a little, it's cooled off. Well, because now you have two reclamation goaltending projects, mm-hmm. Kyle Pedersen and Carter Hart. And Felix Sandstrom is still on your roster as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he realized he jumped the gun on taking on Pedersen because... I was going to say, when when they made that trade and then they, they got Cal Pedersen or made the trade, uh, they got Cal Pedersen and was like, wait a minute. They're shopping Carter Hart. Do they really want Cal Patterson as their starter? I do you really want Carter Hart as your starter? Over Cal Patterson? Hell yes, I do. Over Cal Patterson, yes. <laughs> but I mean There's still upside there, and Hart still showed and to me, showed enough where I think Philly can keep on keep him keep him on board. Yeah. I still think they're looking to deal him. Mm-hmm. We'll see. The next couple of weeks are going to be really fucking interesting, man. And everything is so dependent because the if you look at Boston, 
as an example, B&G Network mm -hmm. will, will take Boston a, a, as a prime example. First of all, one of the things that we've learned over the last couple of years is one, teams are really liking the three-way deal. Mm -hmm. And they're also liking dealing players in pairs. So right. if, if you're Boston, you're pairing Linus Olmark and Matt Grizzly. Like, I'm sorry, but Matt, Mike Riley is... If he hasn't been bought out yet, he ain't getting bought out. I think he's on this team next year, which is scary for me to say. He, you think he's on the Bruins? I do. They haven't bought him That's out. Wild. That's wild to me. They've been trying to trade the guy for a year and a half. They've had the last three days to buy him out, and they haven't. Why mm -hmm. the fuck not? I don't understand why he hasn't been bought out yet, but I think he still gets bought out. When's the deadline? Uh, July, uh, June 30th. The 30th. Okay, so there's still time. Yeah, right. But do it now. <laughs> Here's my point. Yeah. If he's if he squeaks through the buyout window, if he squeaks by, I think he's on the team. It's either going to be bought out or he's on the team. One of the two. Mm -hmm. Because there's no way there's no way they get traded. Unless no. can, can can you get him for future considerations if you're a team? I think if you're Boston, future considerations isn't enough to deal him. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason why I say that is because look at your defense and how it lines up right now. You, you, you need an NHL body. Agree or not? Yes. Okay. And we both agree that Mike Riley was in Providence because there were too many NHL bodies on the roster this year. Correct. Now, obviously, he didn't serve himself any favors by throwing a little bitch fit when you sent him down. No. But he's still a low-end NHL caliber defenseman who's overpaid. Mm -hmm. But now there's a spot on the roster for him. So, you take him or OEL. You already have him under contract, bird in the hand. Mm -hmm. And here's the other part of that. You know he can play with Brandon Carlo. You've seen You know it. he can play with Jacob Zavarol too. Right, you've seen it. Mm -hmm. So if you're not buying him out, you've got to see what he can do. <coughs> Is that too much money, though, right now? It's too if much. If you keep a Mike Riley... Do you have to trade a Taylor Hall? No. I I don't think so. There there's a lot of talk. No, the team doesn't have a lot of money. I mm. understand that. I get that. But even if you keep Mike Riley, all right, hold on. I'm going to pull up. I had something. Because you have Trent Trent Frederick getting a qualifying offer would be one point one five zero. Lauco McLaughlin, DiPietro, Swayman, and Bussy all can get qualifying offers. Um, Swayman, let's say he costs you two point two five, not a qualifying offer, but a, a one year bridge deal or two years doesn't matter. Call it two two and change, right? right. Assume Bergeron comes back for a mil, mm -hmm. right? It's close, but you could – let me just undo that part. 
Uh, Are you, you on are? the armchair armchair GM on Cap Friendly right now? I am. <laughs> what a tool! I love this tool. You're going to take a little bit of a hit because you buy out the devil in um, Mitchell Miller. <laughs> You're buying that one out. There's still going to be a move made. Mm-hmm. There has to be because right now I'm looking at this. You got Grizzly, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Riley's, Borrell, right? Mm-hmm. That gives you 2.25 for Swayman, a million for Bergeron. I haven't dealt anybody. I'm at 640 grand in the hole. I need to clear 600. You still need to resign uh, Lauko and McLaughlin with that. I have McLaughlin well. and I have Lauko. Okay. Qualifying offers. So okay. my lineup right now is Marshan, Bergeron, DeBrusque, Pasternak, Zaka Hall, Lauko, Coyle, Frederick, Steen, McLaughlin, and Greer. I want an extra forward in there. Now, I just read you my defense, too. So that gives me room if I were to move Matt Grizzlick out. Mm-hmm. Buys almost buys 3.6 mil to work with. You could, in theory, slide up Mason Lorai. And then you're looking at Lorai, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Riley, Grizzlick, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm not a gigantic fan of. But you've got 3.6 mil to work with. You can you have cheap in-home forwards, guys like Lysel, Beecher, you know, uh, Markulov. Those names have been thrown around a little bit. It's, if you're going to go youth, you're going youth. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you get Grizzly out of there, then you are bringing in a name, somebody, somebody, right. player X, you know, like an AJ Greer type kind of. You know, former seven seven sixty two five for one year, <laughs> right? Yeah, something, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, do I love it? Do I love going Lindholm, McAvoy, Riley, Carl, Car- uh, Carlos, Borrell, so and so? No, I don't. But it can be done, mm-hmm. and you're gonna. I I think you're gonna see Grizzly moves. Because other teams will look at him as an asset. You're not playing him in the playoffs either, by the way. So you're playing Forbort over him. I think Forbort could be moved to a team that needs a third-pairing defenseman. You'll probably have to eat some money on him. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, if I'm Boston, I'd be okay with that. On, on Riley, Grizzlick, Forbort, and Omark, I would be totally open to retaining money. because. It's going to clear you for some cap hit this 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 year. It avoids a three-team trade. That means somebody else is taking on money, which costs you more, mm-hmm. or maybe the other team more. Right. I mean, tell me you wouldn't want to have the Vesna winning goaltender for two point five million bucks. That's a good deal. <laughs> That's a good deal. Whoever's going to deal for him. And if you're, but but here's the thing: if if I'm the Kings, right, Linus Allmark, two point five mil. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. He's the, that's the best value you're going to get mm-hmm. for a goaltender in the two-year window that you're looking at. Give us Byfield. Give us Byfield. We'll train 50%. I honest, Honestly, if I'm the Bruins, if I need the cap space that bad, I would also include Matt Grizzly at half. Mm-hmm. Because one, I need the centerman. So I need LA to want to do the deal. I need to clear the cap space. So between the two, that's eight mil, That's $4 million and change in cap space mm-hmm. that I'm looking at gaining. I can work with that. 
And Riley can still be on the books at three mil. Is it an overpayment? Yeah. We all looked at the contract when he signed it and said, whoops. I thought it was, I actually thought it was a decent deal. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was decent for how he looked in Ottawa and Montreal for that matter. But like you said, the Lindholm deal kind of threw a wrench in that. But that, but then you look around the league and you sit there and go, well, you know, Philly has a guy, you know, what if you, what if you can get a guy like Morgan Frost out of Philly because they're just done with him? I don't know how they feel about him, but yeah. what if you can get him 24 year old centerman? Yeah. They just qualified him. Oh, did they? Yes. So probably not. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard that. I know you just picked a name out of the hat and you picked one of, the, one of like the eight players that have already been qualified. <laughs> okay, job, fine. Chris. fine. Scott Lawton's available. <laughs> I know you don't like Lawton, but he can play. He's a centerman and he can be affordable. <laughs> so you pick a guy like, like that. But the thing though is, is he doesn't even have to move to your team. What if they move Kevin Hayes? Now they're in, in a whole different market. You you ever see the movie Draft Day? Yes. It's just like in Draft Day where he calls him up in the morning and he goes, well, do we have a deal? And he says, enjoy your pancakes. And then later on at the draft, he sits there and he goes, this is the deal now. He goes, but this morning you wanted this. He goes, we live in a different world now. <laughs> Take it or leave. Yeah. It's going to happen the second another like, – a week ago, fucking D'Angelo wasn't of not not Tony D'Angelo. Uh, um, Cal Pedersen wasn't it was in L.A. Fucking yep. what's his name wasn't in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Like we live in a different world now. Columbus doesn't you know Severson was a New Jersey Devil. Yeah, Provorov was a flyer. Right, we live in a different world now. That move blew up the off season, and it's gonna blow up again with the next one. Mm-hmm. God forbid if Chicago goes out and drops eight mil on fucking Ivan Barbashev. <laughs> oh my God! Do do not do not put that evil out into the universe, my friend. What I'm saying is, is they've been rumored to say they want to do that so we can play next to Connor Bedard. They've got thirty-seven million dollars in cap space. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so they throw six and a half million at Ivan Barbashev. Well, guess what? We live in a different world now, don't we? Yeah, right. The market has been set until the market is set again. Right. And dear God, they still also have the Tampa pick. I mean, Chicago, if Kyle... The Brandon Brandon Hagel deal is a gift that keeps on giving. But but here's the other thing. They have four second-round picks. Mm -hmm. They could end up with... They're not going to make all of those, are they? They could end up with three first-round picks. Mm -hmm. Seriously, move three second-round picks. You can't get back up into the first. Oh, you absolutely can. Four second round picks. How many of those do you think they actually make on draft day? Two. I think they're going to mm-hmm. move the other two. There's only two certainties, though, with Chicago right now for next season. One, Connor Bedard. And two, Seth Jones. And three that they're trash. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a trash organization. I don't care what their record is next year. They're trash. The the organization is trash. Yes. Yes. Um okay. But anyway, hopefully by the time, well, actually, the next time we sit down, there may actually be a trade. Yeah. Because we are, first and foremost, we're looking at doing this maybe a couple times a week. Not quite sure. They won't all be this long. Inaugural mm-hmm. uh, inaugural uh, episodes are, are always more fun, more, longer. And uh, we had a little bit more recap from last season as well. 
to work with. <laughs> we also had some technical difficulties. <laughs> had some technical difficulties along the way, so I'll, I'll have some fun editing all that shit out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But it, it's going to be a fun season. We do have uh, a, a new feature here on Puck Off that we didn't have with the last iteration. We have voicemails. So let me get this pulled up real quick here. We are going to pull in our very first voicemail. This is going to be a long one, so we'll have a bit to discuss as well as part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually two parts. First part's a couple minutes, and then the other part is about a minute and a half, and I think it all flows together because it's from the same number. Uh, <laughs> without further ado, let's hear our first voicemail. You ready? Let's do it. Hey, it's Andy. Um, I just wanted to say, first of all, congratulations super stoked for you guys uh you'll love to see it happen uh really really excited to see like where this all goes um second of all i have been thinking so much since you know we saw the end of this this season 2022 2023 um we've been seeing so many takes about this whole situation with playing injured players and as well as we were seeing during the regular season, we had a couple players who were out um, kind of do like quote unquote undisclosed things, which most of it was kind of like mental health reasons. Um, and I just have like two pretty, pretty big points to make on that. Um, I think first one being this whole like playing injured players thing um, kind of also taxed into, you know, Jack Eichel playing for a team that didn't want him to get his fucking neck fixed um, in a way that would improve not only his quality of life, but his playing. A spinal fusion in your neck, you know, you're not going to be able to move like you could on the ice before. It's going to really inhibit and and really draw you back. You're not going to be able to look over your shoulders. You're not, you're going to have to move. If you have a spinal fusion in your neck, you have to move your upper body to be able to look around. So you're not going to have that ability to, to track a puck nearly as well. Um, and I think we're kind of seeing this thing of teams not either not giving players the option to do something that's in their best interest, like Jack, or we're having these situations where they're letting players play on injuries that, could very well be career ending and or tra- like extremely traumatic. You know, we're seeing these things like, you know, Patrice Bergeron playing with, with this whole like slip disc in his back when he also played previously with a pretty bad chest injury. Um, and then we're seeing Matthew Kachuk playing with, I've, I've heard factory ribs. I don't, I haven't seen an official source on that, but I know he had a sternum break. I, People need to realize there's organs underneath that. These things are like, if you get another hit to your chest, yes, you're wearing pads, but we saw in this season with the Bills, a player getting hit in the chest and going into cardiac arrest. We are not taking that seriously enough. And yes, you're wearing pads. There's so- I'm going to play the other part of this because I think it continues from there. Cute but you're also looking at potentially puncturing your heart, puncturing a lung. You know, those are things that you're kind of kind of lucky to be able to recover from that shit, if at all. Um, and then also having these problems with players' mental health, like 
mental health is equally as valid as physical health for anyone. But you also have these players being subjected to, you know, having to read everyone's takes on social media and on the news every fucking day. Um, You know, just like taking players' mental health into account and not just saying, oh, you know, this guy's just a fucking pussy. That needs to be something that's taken way more seriously in the league along with physical health. Um, I would love to see, you know, players who have taken those breaks speaking up, saying how much of an impact it's made on them. Um, be a really great thing, I think, for the league as a whole and for player safety. It would just be an awesome thing to see in the next upcoming season. Um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of it. Those two things are been weighing real heavy on my mind. And uh, I know Andrew's been loving just hearing my ramblings on it. So, yeah, thanks. Bye. Sounds sounds like someone that you've uh, had some dealings with before, Andrew. Good dealings, only good dealings. Andy is you don't a off. What do you mean? They're all only good dealings. They're all only good dealings. I only have good interactions on Twitter. Uh- <laughs> on the second account. Yes, correct. <laughs> um, Andy, thank you so much for your call. I really appreciate you, and I really appreciate your support. Um. And she's right. Like, hundred percent. She's a hundred percent right. One thing that I absolutely despise about the Bruce Cassidy discourse is the these players are soft. These players were soft. These this team was soft. I think it ties into that. It ties into the mental oh, yeah. health aspect. And it's you know you had uh, Hampus Lindholm playing with a broken foot. You had you had. Matthew Kachuk playing game four with a broken sternum, fractured sternum. He broke it in game four. Was my he broke opinion. it in game four, and I believe he kept playing. Yes. Um, you, you mentioned it, that a couple years back. She mentioned it. Patrice Bergeron punctured lung. Yep, cracked rib, cracked rib, punctured lung. Um, there is and always will be a gladiatorial uh, aspect to this sport. Um, especially in the men's side. Aaron Ekblad is another one this year. Yeah. Popped his shoulder out twice, tore his ankle. Like tear or something like that, too. Yeah. Like he had an upper, lower, and middle body. Like yeah, exactly. He had everything. He 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 got a touch of everything. He broke his everything. Um and especially in male sport, there's always gonna be this gladiatorial, like, you know. If I don't play, I'm not a good teammate, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and sort of. It's gotta stop. Like it's gotta stop. Sort of. I, I I think some of that is is your own mentality about it. Mm-hmm. Um and and uh there's there's really good recent examples. She mentioned Jack Eichel in the surgery. Like when when it comes to injuries on the ice, the the broken bones, the I, I hate to throw it in there, but even the punctured lung, the torn oblique, the broken sternum, like those are injuries that you that those risks are inherently there every game you step on the ice. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of sign away possibility of those and the dangers of taking a skate blade to the wrong part of the body and unfortunately having unfortunate like 
you know those risks are there every time you step on the ice. Mm-hmm. So what really highlighted the Jack Eichel Buffalo situation was the lack of player choice. They're choosing to go out on the ice for this organization and sacrifice those potential dangers. The least the organization can do is let them pick how they want to heal. From Mitigate it. Mitigate. Know, right. Or heal from it. Get mm-hmm. treatment for it. The, the, the organization's job is to be there to allow the player to get proper treatment because the organization mm-hmm. is saying, you're doing this on behalf of us. We will take care of you. And that doesn't make anybody soft. No, it doesn't. And, and neither does, and neither right. does saying uh, you have a guy like Spencer Knight, who I believe is in the player assistance program right yep. now. He still is. Because he went out and said, I need help. That's what the player assistance program is there for. That is the I, most manly punk rock fucking thing you can do. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And he's still in there. He's still in the part of the program. That's why he mm-hmm. wasn't on the playoff run. And there was a, a picture going around uh, on Twitter of him out at, I think, one of the horse races or something. Yep, Belmont Sticks. I think, yeah, it was the Belmont. And mixed reaction. Some people like, what the fuck is he doing? Negative all over him. But it's like, when you're healing from, and I don't even know, was it an addiction? Was it just mental health issues? We don't need to know. It, that's all for Spencer Knight to worry about. You know, other players, Bobby Ryan, for instance, was more open about his time and what, mm-hmm. what he went in for and all that stuff. And maybe we'll get that from Spencer Knight. First and foremost, he does not owe anybody an explanation. And that was part of the problem with the Belmont Stakes thing was that like, is he he's why is he not with his teammates? And that that, that goes in again with that gladiatorial aspect. It's like you're 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 letting your teammates down. Fuck off. Fuck you. Fuck everything about that statement. He is allowed while he's in the player assistance program to do what he goddamn well pleases. And not as long as he's not hurting anybody. What he needs to do. Yeah. You know, you know, like let's say he's in there for mental health help. You know, mm-hmm. well, one of the best things that someone can do for that is spend time with their friends and family. Right. And if the friends were sitting there saying, let's go enjoy the Belmont Stakes. Well, I'm sorry. He can afford to fucking do it. So go for it. Yeah. That's like your friend saying, hey, we should go to the bar and just shoot some pool. Right. Shoot some darts. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have to drink because maybe that causes some parts of the issue, whatever. But going out, hanging out with your buddies, shooting some darts, shooting some pool, playing some cards, whatever it is, you do it on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. It just happened to be the Belmont Stakes. Right. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. And I think I I think um, sea change is never is never all at once. Right. Sea uh, change is always always s- slow, and we are finally getting to a point now it's and we still have a long way to go but we're finally getting to a point now where players are being active being proactive when they need help and and when when they need mental help that's great that's wonderful and i think it's the best i I think it's the best thing for the sport we still have some work to do with the physical aspect of it like if you have a fucking broken foot hampus lindholm you not playing doesn't make you a bad teammate if you have a broken sternum in the stanley cup finals matt Fucking sit. Well, so he did. He sat game five. He sat game five. But 
once I, you felt it. I don't know if broken startup is something that you that like your your uh, the the adrenaline is pumping through you and you don't feel it. I feel like that would be something you feel immediately every time you breathe. I, you would think. You yeah. would think. What what is the one thing we know about hockey players? They will play through fucking anything. You yes. know. You know. If he didn't need help getting out of bed, he would have played game five. Yeah. If so, his brother, if his brother wasn't dressing him, I, I also think between what a game weird short five, yeah, right. Yeah. I, I feel like between game four and game five, they were able to actually diagnose the injury, get him an X-ray, and be like, "No, that shit's broken. You're sitting." Mm-hmm. Like if he, like I don't know. We know hockey players are tough as nails, mm-hmm. and obviously, being in pain is one thing, but being in pain to keep you out of an elimination game in the Stanley Cup final you're going to do everything you can to play through that. And mm-hmm. it's that mentality. We, we mentioned the movie earlier. Can I break it worse? <laughs> can it get worse? Mm-hmm. No, it's just going to be sore. All right. I'll get my ass out there. I'll play through pain as long as it's not going to kill me. But I will, I, I, I will push back a little bit on that in the sense of our caller, Andy, works in the medical field. So her her call is coming from that. She I'm, works in that field. I'm not ruling I, I don't I'm not ruling one way or another. I'm just saying right. as far as the mentality of the hockey player, they will play through something when they go, Can I make it worse? Mm-hmm. And if Does the that, goes, right. and it's pain, they're gonna go shoot me up with something. I'm playing through it. I'll mm-hmm. fix it later. Mm-hmm. Because it's the Stanley fucking cup. Right. But, and and to the point about the mental health part, Jake DeBrusque is a perfect example Mm -hmm. because COVID hurt him a lot mentally. He's been open about that. And the, you, you mentioned the misnomer about the Bruce Cassidy situation. Jake DeBrusque and Bruce Cassidy didn't hate each other. Not at all. Not at all. And it wasn't a fucking choice either. It wasn't Jake DeBrusque over Bruce Cassidy. No. It was, we have 20 plus guys in this locker room who have heard his message over and over and over and over and over again, and it's not going anywhere with him anymore. Mm-hmm. Period. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Krejci would have come back. Bergeron still would have come back. DeBrusque may not have been exactly the same player. You know what? He might have been better. Because he had a better connection with Bruce Cassidy than he did with Jim Montgomery coming into this season. Mm-hmm. I think that what they went, what he went through with Cassidy through COVID may have actually brought them closer together. But you Debrusque and Cassidy had dinner two days before the trade deadline last year to and Cassidy went to was convincing him to rescind his trade request. And depending on who you believe, that's the dinner that did it. Not well, Cassidy getting fired. Right. Now, and, and here's the other thing, though. Yeah, you might have had a better DeBrusque, but you might not have had the year out of Trent Frederick that you had because right. Ron knew Frederick from before. So there are so many ifs, ands, whats, and buts about Cassidy versus Monty. The season goes the, goes different from day one mm-hmm. if it's Cassidy. So mm-hmm. just be happy for him winning the cup and be happy that a guy like DeBrusque was able to get through what he needed to get through so he could be what he is now. And he was very open about what he was, what happened during COVID. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, and and I think that was I think that's part of Andy's point is that you know there needs to be more of that. There needs to be more of that in the in the NHL. And I agree with her. I, I'm going to do some digging too uh, over the next couple of weeks. I, I want us to be able to revisit this with um, some hopefully with some people who can talk on it a little bit better. I have an idea of some people I want to reach out to. So I, I want us to do a lot of interviews on this show, have a yeah. lot of guests, fans, players, people, uh, just everybody that we can think of. So there's a start up, start up Google Doc and list off some players that you so list off some people that you want to bring in. And I'll do the same. I'll add to it, too, because mm-hmm. um, this is a huge thing in the league. And it's something that, you know, when you look at the comparison of Buffalo to Vegas, we joke about how Vegas mistreats players, shipping them in and out and trading them. And, you know, you had the, the sword stabbing Marc-Andre Fleury and, you know, all the... all the Alan Walsh is a freaking drama queen, man. <laughs> but, but you hear things like that. And yet when it came to Eichel needing surgery, they got it right. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. So like they're yep. doing something correct. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's huge. So... I do want to revisit that hopefully with, with some of those other people, but there's, there's a lot to come up in these next couple weeks. We will probably do some special recordings as major news hits. If there's another three team deal, <laughs> we'll do some recordings on that. If right. more information comes out and you just never know when you'll see one of our episodes drop. So you're just going to want to hit the subscribe button. Cause puck we got off at puck off B and G, by the way, I had a couple questions about that, about the, the handle. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where do I find it? And I'm like, uh, at Puck Off BNG. And it's like, okay, uh, there's a few Puck Offs. <laughs> yeah, those aren't the real ones. We are. Yeah, we're real. We're the real ones. We're legit. Uh, we're the legit. It, it's at Puck Off BNG on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Puck Off BNG at gmail.com. You can email us. Yep. And the voicemail line, link in bio. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Not- 600 Eight two five one. Again, that's six one seven six hundred eight two five one. Voicemail is always open. Don't oh, be alarmed if it doesn't ring because I put it on Do Not Disturb so my phone doesn't blow up mm-hmm. <laughs> at all hours <laughs> of the night. But mm-hmm. your voicemail will be heard, and right. and we will respond to tweets and emails will be read. We don't have any at the moment, but hopefully we uh, we'll get a few more between now and the next episode. If we get a really really fucking good one. We may just do a special episode to go, to go over the answer for it. Mm-hmm. So there honestly won't be rhyme or reason. I, I wish I could tell you, but I, ideally one to two episodes a week uh, will be the goal just based off of what hockey news is out there. So it's going to be a wild ride. Andrew, you ready for it? Ready as I'll ever be. Awesome. You know what? We used to always end the show this way. I think we'll bring it back. If you're not ready for the ride, just puck off puck off man (laughs) i like that says i lost connection to my camera hang on a sec sorry about that second time that's happened the the leg that i have that's standing this up is not staying for some reason it's like it's fucking up this audio it's fucking up the the flow of this it's kind of making me a little annoyed but we still have the voicemail to go to. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, why don't we transition into that? Speaking of second round picks, we have a voicemail. Nailed it. 